0: Alright, so, tonight we're going to continue um, this series that we started two weeks ago. The Holy Spirit moved in such a way last week that we I never e- actually got to, to start on this. Um, so, so, this is now officially week two, even though we started it two weeks ago. <laughs> this is officially week two uh, of this. And we are going to actually start where we left off, because I have a habit of, of reviewing and... Uh, Never actually getting to get the, the next part. So, <laughs> that first part is all over Facebook. Um, so that is, was recorded on Facebook Live, so you're more really than welcome to take a look at that. We are going to go to slide number 10. It's also on podcast. It's on It's on podcast. Did we actually start it now? Um, Antoine said that he's had some people listen to it so far. Right get out of here. <laughs> we got the podcast started. See, <laughs> God is moving, and I didn't even know it. So. Thank you, Antoine and Carmela, for taking that on. So I've got to get the uh, information for the podcast so we can send that out to everybody. Sure. So Does everybody can listen to it. Right yeah, well, he records it from the beginning because he takes snippets to add gotcha. from the start and stuff. Nice. So. See? See, God yeah. sends the laborers. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. I'm, I'm so happy about that. If you would, if you have your Bibles uh, with you tonight, turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to start there tonight. We're going to start in Romans chapter eight, and I just got to find this in my notes now. Um, I uh, again, you know, today was a was a was an awesome has been an awesome day. I got out of my house very quickly this morning because I had some errands to run, and I left my uh, my my pad and my Bible sitting on my the curio in our uh. so I have my notes. I always email myself my notes, but I'm reading them. It's really small. (laughs) Um, I never thought that I would have this issue. And I used to make fun of people who had this issue, but I can no longer do that. (laughs) So Romans chapter 8, we're going to start right there. We are talking about forgiveness. Hashtag overcoming offense. Overcoming offense. We've been talking about this. This is actually technically the third time we're we're talking about this, but we started over a couple weeks ago, just to get this all recorded and, and to, to, to have some continuity here. Overcoming offense. The reality of offense is that it sidelines you from the victory that God has in your life. When people come to bring offense to you, listen to me, and, and, and this is actually on one of the slides, offense is an event. Offended is a choice. You have to choose to stay offended about anything. It's a choice. No matter what anybody, oh, I feel this way or I feel that way. No matter how you feel, you choose to be offended. And we cannot afford to stay offended. The whole world, right? It seems like, I shouldn't say the whole world, but our whole country right now is in an uproar because of offense. Uh, the I'm not going to go into this whole media thing because, that's a, in fact, I, I'm going to tell you right now I am preparing a message right now on media. Now, we are going to review what we need to do as believers as it pertains to media. Listen to me. There is no truth out there right now. You turn on Facebook, you turn on your television. You turn on any station that you turn on, any post that you read, there is there is hardly. I mean, I I am struggling to find truth. Anything that is actually true. To the point where it be, where people are doctoring things, li- literally doctoring things just to just to get a a reaction out of people.
1: Come on, yeah.
0: I can live, I can live offended based on just what I see on the news. because I've got pigmentation in my skin and, and the world judges you. The Bible says that, that, that we only look at man and we only see him from the outward appearance, but it is God who looks upon the heart. And as much as the Holy Spirit attempts to show us the heart of man and to reveal those things to us, the Bible also clearly says that it is impossible for the world to comprehend what the Holy Spirit is trying to show them. They can't comprehend it. If we want an answer for this offense, if we want an answer for what's going on in the United States right now, we need no look no further than what our Bible says. Our Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, he says, For those who are baptized into Christ, you should put on Christ. Put him on. And then, he, and then it says this. And then it says this. Watch this. Because when you do that in the kingdom of God there is no longer Jew or Greek or bond or free or male or female because we are all one when we all put on Christ
1: Come on. Exactly.
0: and so and so in the body of Christ when we put on Christ when we become saved it takes care of those issues he says there is neither Jew nor Greek which is ethnicity there is no ethnicity in the kingdom right. Oh, that is the way people look at us because they can only see the natural but in the kingdom when we put Jesus on when we when we when we are wearing our kingdom clothes we all look the same Come on there is no delineation between us but no matter where we grew up, he says there's no neither Jew nor Greek, no ethnicity. Then he said there's no bond or free, which takes care of that classism thing. It doesn't matter if you make a million dollars or you make $10, it does not matter in the body of Christ. When we, are, when we put on Christ, we are all one. And then he says there is neither male nor female, which takes care of the sexism issue. These are all major issues that we deal with today. And we and listen, listen to me, listen to me carefully. There is only one entity that exists in the earth today that has the answer for what's going on in the world right now, and that is the church. And the answer is found in our Constitution, which is the Word of God.
1: Come
0: on. Bottom line some people need to hear this message. Some people need to, in fact, we all need to hear this message. Because if we are not careful and we do not stay in Christ, even as believers, and I'm, and trust me, I'm connected to a, a couple of thousand believers on, on Facebook. Even believers will fall into the trap of offense over the stuff that's going on in the news. It's true. And then we start to sound like the world, but we are not citizens of this world. The Bible tells me that I'm not of this world. I am in this world, but I am not of this world. I am not of this world. N-O-T-W.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a t-shirt.
0: I, I can envision a t-shirt. I can envision a t-shirt. I might have to do that really soon. Right? Don't steal my idea. I'm, I'm going to t-shirt. <laughs> Not of this world. I am in this world, but I am not of this world. I am a citizen. We are, every single person in here that I know, that I can look and see that you, if you are, if you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, if you believe that God is who, then we are not of this world. We are citizens of another kingdom. And in that kingdom, there is none of this stuff that we deal with in the world. But we have to stay focused. On the word. We have to stay focused on the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is the powerful thing. And so when we ended two weeks ago. We got to this slide. And this is the beginning of the next section. That we have to dig through. Because in order to not live in offense. We cannot live a natural life. Come on. If you're taking notes. And you probably already wrote it down. We need to live spirit led lives. You must live by the Spirit. Now, I'm going to say this 10,000 times. You know what I'm getting ready to say. Because, because listen, the Holy Spirit, this is why people don't want to lead Spirit-led lives. Because when you go on YouTube and you look up, oh, power of the Holy Spirit church or something like that, there are some weird people on there handling snakes (laughs) and speaking in tongues. And it's weird. Yes, it is. Jerry, let me tell you something that everybody else has heard me say 10,000 times. The Holy Spirit does not make you weird. You were weird before. Come on. If you are weird after you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, that means you were weird before you received the Holy Spirit and you have not learned a thing. We need to lead spirit led lives. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who have put on Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation. What is condemnation? A sentence of death. That's what the world is dealing with right now. There is condemnation in the world right now. There is therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. We have to lead spirit-led lives. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, if you're reading an ESV Bible or some, some look at the version of the Bible that you're reading. If you're reading that, there is a section missing out of this verse that I love ESV, but, it, but this is missing and it needs to be in there. If they stop at, there is no, therefore not no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then it goes to the next verse. But that section that says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, is an extremely important section of scripture to remember. Because you cannot walk in the flesh and be in Christ at the same time. Uh-huh. That's right. You cannot. You can't. And then he says this, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death so no matter what anybody else's opinion of me is no matter what anybody else says about me I am not their opinion I am now a word of God spoken into existence into this time for such a time as this and no matter what they say I have been set free from that law of sin and death I have been free I was free before they started talking I was reading on Facebook today. I opened up my Facebook because I had some time, some time alone this morning. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I opened up, and there was this memory. You know, if you're on Facebook, they have memories, you know, things that you posted like 10 years ago, <laughs> right? I posted this post a few years ago, and, and, man, I was like, man, that was really good. I should repost it. But the, but the, but the, but the, but the, the post was basically, it says this, before anybody had an opinion, God made you a word. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. God spoke you into existence. The Bible actually says that you are God's letter of recommendation to the world. He spoke you. This is, you are made for a time like this. So for those of you who say, oh man, I can't handle it. You're crying out to God. God, I can't do this. God is saying, I, I made you for this time. Paul was a great man of God. James, John, Peter, all great men of God. Moses, you know, Noah, you know, Ezekiel, radical man of God. Listen, all these, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, you know, these are all great men of God. This is the reality is none of them were made for 2016. We Uh were.
1: Mm. Amen.
0: None of them. We have to lead spirit-led lives. If we want to overcome offense, if we don't want to be walking in the things of the world, if we don't want to start sounding like the world, we have to lead spirit-led lives. Because there is evidence when you're leading a spirit-led life that you are, that you are of the kingdom. You see, the kingdom is a country in and of itself. The kingdom is a kingdom. It is a culture. There is a language that goes with that kingdom. The problem that we have as a church right now is that we sound a whole lot more like the kingdom of darkness than the kingdom of love, than the kingdom of God. Because we're walking in the same offense that everybody else is walking in. I don't care what anybody, you can argue with me. 10 you can argue and argue and and, and and send me notes and letters and tell me to speak up on this and I get that stuff all the time speak up on this you need to speak up on this as an African American listen I was an African American before I received Jesus I have put on Christ I am a citizen of the kingdom and I refuse to go back to being that natural man listen when I was when I was a teenager you could you say that to me and then I was all for it when I was young, when I didn't know any better. You, y'all see my wife? <laughs> <laughs> when I got married, my friends from high school were dumbfounded. They said, we thought you didn't like white people. <laughs> you see, that's the life I was living at the time. But when I put on and I learned to put on Christ. I don't see that stuff anymore.
1: Come
0: on. I don't. And, and and listen, if you listen to the world long enough and you let that stuff in long enough, they're just gonna pull you in to believe in, oh yeah, this is a this is listen, there are issues and we are supposed to address them as the body of Christ, but not the way the world addresses them. Yeah, <laughs> if we really if we, listen, if we want if we want to get rid of racism. If we want to get rid of sexism, we want to get rid of classism, let's just get everybody saved and have them put on Christ. We have the answer. In fact, I would even go further to say we are the answer. Because when you understand that you are the answer, then you stop burying your head in the sand every time the issue comes up, and you boldly speak what God has called you to say. Tell them the truth. But most of us would much rather bury our heads than... than, than think, oh we well, I'm going to the thing. You, you, you know, how many of you have had this experience? Because I'm very social media oriented. Uh, or how many of you had this experience where you went to go post something and then you had to erase it because you thought, oh, somebody might be offended. <laughs> I have had that experience. Mm-hmm. Because I thought to myself, you know, in the position it might be the position because I reach so many people. But I think to myself, oh well, you have to pray before you before you post something. That's crazy. Come on. We live in a culture of offense. That's right. we, sure. It is. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. Let's go on to the next uh, next slide. Let me, let me look at my notes now. How how do you know if you're leading a spirit led life? We need to lead a spirit led life. But how do we know we're leading a spirit led life? Um, you know, we are we are we are told several times in the Word of God that we are not to judge people. In this, in the word, I don't know how some ministers get that, get this. Oh yeah, we're called to judge everybody. You know. In fact, when I we can do a series on this too. But when you really look at the word, people judge themselves. Come
1: on, there it is.
0: God doesn't even judge them. People judge themselves based on what they do. According to or against the Word of God, and and that's that's how. Listen, listen. God doesn't send people to hell.
1: Mm-hmm. No. You, love
0: you choose. You get to choose. the The greatest thing that God ever gave us was free will. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing that God ever gave us was free will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I say that? Because God gave us free will so that we so that he could rule this earth through the will of man. Mm-hmm. Our will was supposed to be in line with his will, but the very nature of free will gives us the option to not choose the one that gave us the free will.
1: Amen. Yeah. Right.
0: How do you know you're leading a spirit-led life? Well, let me tell you how you know you're not. First, because, listen, we don't judge people, we don't, and you, listen, this is, this is a measure for you to measure against yourself. I'm not looking at this, and I'm not, and I'm not thinking, okay, well, how does this, does this person doing this, or this person doing that? No. We need to look at ourselves, first and foremost. You know, that is the key, that, you know, that's the key to a great marriage. Before you start looking at your spouse, oh, the spouse. I... You know, it took me five years to learn this. <laughs> We're 17 years into marriage. Oh, it took me five years to learn it. I have got to start looking at myself first. See you can go to you can go and shake your fist at God and say change her or change him. <clears throat> or you can or you can do something that is actually going to work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nice, amazing, so. <laughs> Just change me.
1: Now the now the works of the
0: flesh are evident. This is the fruit of the flesh. I'm gonna call it the fruit of the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Sensuality uh, is some. Of the, I, I had this question one time. Well, sensuality and sexual immorality are the same thing. No, they're not. Listen to me. Sensuality. See, people look at it and they think, oh, ruins. it's. No, it's not. Sensuality. It simply means to be led by your senses. Thank you. In other words, if it feels good, if it tastes good, if it looks good, if it sounds good, if it smells good, then I ought to just do it. And God says, that is a work of the flesh.
1: Good.
0: I have to stop there to let you know that because some people get that twisted thinking it's something, something radical. No, just living by, by what feels good is sin. Yeah. Verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You want to know if you're leading the spirit-led life, if you're, if you're leading this type of life, any one of these things, that you are in danger You are not leading a spirit-led life. And we can say, oh, well, I'm doing good in this area, this area, and this area, but I'm failing in this area, and this area. Listen, you need to give it all to God. Mm
1: -hmm. And this is not
0: condemnation. This is God giving us a chance to get it right. And we slip up, and we fall sometimes, and you know what? That's going to happen because of our nature, but thank God. That he is not like human beings who have have to, and and tell you all, you have to get on your knees and you have to beg for forgiveness. You have to sigh and sob and cry at the altar in order to get right with God. No, you don't. That is religion. Mm -hmm. God, this is what the word says. If you confess your sin, he will be faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you just confess it. He doesn't say you have to come begging for forgiveness. That is a human trait. Mm-hmm. He said you don't even have to ask for forgiveness. All you have to do, son, all you have to do, daughter, is tell me that you were wrong and that our relationship is back intact. That is how much he wants a relationship with
1: you. Come on, praise God.
0: He does not make you jump through hoops like human beings like make you jump through hoops. He said if you just confess, that's how you get out of this life. You confess it, and then you make a, You have to repent. Repentance means to turn around and go the opposite direction of the, place, of the place that you're going right now. Which means it's not enough just to say you were wrong. Now you've actually got to make steps and say, God, and this is how we're going to make it right. This is how we're going to stay out of this place. And, and you know what? The number one way to stay out of sin is accountability. Let me just give you a practical, some practical application here. If you are accountable to someone, if there is somebody that just knows all your stuff. Mm. Everybody doesn't need to know your stuff, by the way. Mm. Come on. You don't have to go confessing your sin to everybody. In fact, you should not do that. Mm. But you need somebody that will keep you accountable to being the man and woman of God that God has called you to be. Someone that you will not yeah. lie to. Because I'm going to tell you, Christians are very good at lying. Mm-hmm. Even I've done it. How are you doing today, bro? Oh, I'm doing great. Church yeah, church face. yeah. <laughs> church face. <laughs> I put on my church face when I come to church. Oh, man, I'm blessed beyond measure. God is so good. And on the inside, I am being torn apart. I have nobody to talk to. You need to find somebody to talk to. Come on, man. You need to find somebody. Most of us are afraid that somebody's going to judge us because that's the way the world is. But in the body of Christ and at Impact Church, we don't do that. We understand people are imperfect. And people are in the process of changing. Um, And the last thing I'll say about this is this. Some people will say, oh, well, and you've heard me say this before, too. I did a message on this. But some people will say, oh, well, you know, this is just part of the process. I'm going through a process. And I can appreciate process because we have to go through a process to do anything great for God or anything great for anything. There's a process for everything. You want to agree, you have to go through school. That's a process, right? So anything that's anything, you need to, you have to go through a process. But the reality is, let me, let's talk about school. Let me make this easy. Let's talk about school for a second. You're going through school, right? You get to second grade, and second grade is great, right? But second grade is part of the process. If you spend two or three years in second grade, you are no longer in process. You are stuck. And we can look at that second grade analogy and we can laugh at it. That's why I gave that analogy. But the reality is that we are, there are places in our lives sometimes that we are stuck in. We are not in process anymore. Mm-hmm. And the only way that we can really get out of that process is an encounter with Jesus. Because when we have a real encounter with him, there's always evidence. He always sets us free. He always unclogs us. He always gets us unstuck. Praise God for the power of God. Let's go on to the next slide. Come on, I, this is one I love. I love reading this one. How do you know you're living, living a spirit-led life? Listen, trees produce fruit. Remember that I told you. Remember that verse that we that we had read a couple weeks ago. You know, people look at your fruit. Galatians chapter five, the very next verse after we get that we just read, he said, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness." Self-control. Against such things there is no law. In other words, you cannot be bound by the law. You cannot be bound by sin. You cannot be bound by that husband anymore. Y'all know what I'm talking about when I say husband. I'm not talking about a literal husband. I'm talking about sin. Sin, you were born in sin. Sin was your husband. but God And, 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 and God does not condone, con, condone divorce. Right, so so what did he say through Paul? I believe is in uh in uh Ephesians. Shadow uh, is Ephesians, Philippians. He said he said so that you could be set free from that husband. He made you dead to the husband.
1: Come on. Mm-hmm. He made
0: you dead to sin. Come
1: on. <laughs> uh,
0: thank God. He set us free. He, ch- he didn't change the law. He just changed, he just changed us. <laughs> I am so happy about that. Y'all don't have to shout me down. I know I'm doing good here. <laughs> this is the this is the fruit of the spirit. This is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. If you want to know if you're living by the Spirit, you don't have to, don't have to sit in the middle of a room and hear from God, God, am I living in the Spirit? <laughs> no. You know by your own fruit whether you're living in the Spirit or not. And there are certain, th- certain things that we have to make adjustments on in order to live the Spirit that life. Like some of us have issues with let me pick an easy one. Patience. <laughs> That's not easy. Yeah. It's easier than some of these other ones. It's easier to talk about, I should say. Because I was gonna say self-control. Some of us have an issue with, 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 with patience sometimes. When I first met my wife, she thought I was the most patient person she had ever met. She loved it. And when we had kids, we found out that my fruit was not hanging that low. <laughs> now, five kids in, my patient's fruit has developed and is hanging low now, but I have to tell you, it took some time to get to that place. I don't know why I seemed so patient to her when we first met. Maybe I was just trying to impress her. I don't know. But you know, you find out. You find out just how patient you are when you have kids. Somebody said this, a young person said this to me not too long ago. I was so embarrassed. I was so humiliated. I said, You were humiliated? Humiliated about what? He said, Oh, I was so embarrassed by my little brother. I said, I was like, How old are you? Oh, I'm 70. He was 70. I'm so embarrassed, you know. I was like, Wait till you have kids. I said, You don't know what humiliation is until you have kids. Amen with that. You don't even know. Until you're honest two-year-old starts talking about somebody else's hygiene in the middle of Walmart. You don't know what humiliation is until your child goes into the bathroom with you and starts talking about how you go to the bathroom with a bathroom full of people. You don't know! Okay? So don't talk to me about humiliation. Amen. This is how you know you'll live, live in the spirit of that life. And if you want to live a the spirit of that life, this is the fruit of it. And how does that fruit come? It comes with a relationship with God. It comes from filling up with his word. And it comes from living a life in the spirit and submitted to the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. You have to live that life. You have to live that life in order to live in a place. And let me tell you something. When you're living in the spirit... All those things that used to drive you crazy won't drive you crazy anymore. Because because the Holy Spirit, when we get in him, you know, it's like a secret place. It's like a shelter. It's like a it's like a it's like a place of it's like a place of, of like like the things that used to drive us crazy. Just don't like people can try. You know, you know anybody that tries to get on your nerves all the time? Oh yes. Back in the day, I'm gonna smack somebody down and try to get on my nerves like that. But today, because I am dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, and I am living that spirit-led life, they can say what they want to, because when I'm living in the spirit, I cannot be offended. Come on, yes. Say what you want to say. I cannot, it is impossible to be offended when you're living in the spirit. I'm right. It's impossible. i look looking at my, y'all looking at me real weird. Let's, <laughs> do, let's go on to the next slide. I want to talk about something. I want to get to this one slide. Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17. He said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come. See, offenses will come. But woe to him through whom they do come. See, now, the last time I preached this message, I heard that some people went home and tested the whole offense to see if their their significant other would be offended if they did certain things. I'm not calling anybody out. Don't worry. (laughs) Listen, it was joking anyway. But the joke is this. Well, this is not the joke. Woe to you. If you are the one causing offense. Because this is what the word says. It would be better for him. If a millstone were hung around his neck. And he were thrown into the sea. than that he should offend one of these little ones. And those little ones he's talking about are his kids. We are his little ones. Woe unto you. If you Listen there are people whose goal it is to offend you. People. There are some people that have that goal in your life. They intentionally try to do things to get on your last nerve. Uh Woe unto them. Because we belong to the King of Kings. And uh, listen, I'm not going any further with that because I'm not trying to bring condemnation on anybody. All I'm saying is (laughs) is if you've been that type of person where you just, and listen, let me just tell, let me say one more thing. And this is on a very serious note. If you are a very sarcastic person, be very careful. Sarcasm can bring offense if it is used in the wrong way. So this is just instruction. This is just instruction. This is just me giving you some instruction because sarcasm can offend and you don't even you're joking. You're you're, you're telling a joke, but the person that's receiving that is not necessarily receiving it the right way. In addition to that, sarcasm is like um, is like it's like it's like nibbling. It's like a nibble. I'm going to call it a nibble. And the reality of, of sarcasm is it may, you may nibble here and there and think that nothing's, nothing is really wrong until that whole tree comes tumbling down. Come on. See, eventually, if you keep, if you go, I use this example one time. If you go out to your backyard, pick the biggest tree, And you take an axe and once a day you go and just hit that tree. If you live long enough, eventually that tree is coming down. It's the little, these little things. How many of you ever, you ever had a friend or something like that or you know of a situation where somebody, man, they were just like best friends. And all of a sudden, one little thing, one seemingly insignificant thing, all of a sudden destroyed their relationship and the whole relationship came tumbling down. And I mean not just tumbling down and in a way where they said, oh, you know, we just can't be friends anymore. No, they actually, I mean, got violent. Why? Because someone began to take offense but it was the little things, it was little nibbles, it was little nibbles, it was little worries, it was little things. And listen, not only can you not be the one that is doing this nibbling, you cannot be the one to keep receiving this little thing, these little things either. You need to be careful what you receive. Because if you are not careful what you receive, you will be the one blowing up on somebody that is right now your friend. That's right. I'm just giving you some. I've seen it happen. I've seen people blow up that I thought would never, ever, like ever, but it was just the little things. And all of a sudden, they went what we used to call postal, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about. She was a postmaster, right? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I don't think she ever went postal, but went, but I'm sure you've seen a couple things, right? So, when, so you, know, you don't want somebody going postal on you. You have to be very careful about what you allow to come out of your mouth. Be careful about the words that you speak. It is not my goal to ever offend anyone. I have been that way. I have been that way. In fact, my my wife told me one time that she thought I had a PhD in offending people because I would do it and didn't even know I was doing it. It's just my personality. I have a very strong personality, right? And I've had, and I used to, I mean, I had one time, one time I had this lady, I told you guys that I, I had this lady come to me crying in church one time. Now, I'm a church leader, right? Not this church, obviously. It was many, many years ago in another church. And of crying, sobbing, said to me, I'm so sorry that I, what what I did something wrong to you. And I said, and I'm thinking in my, in my mind, I said, I don't even know your name. And that's what I, that's what I was saying in my head. I don't even know her name. And she came up to me and she was just sobbing. I'm so sorry for what I did to you, whatever I did to offend. you. You see, remember, we are offended sometimes by just not by not just by what people say but what people don't say. And as a minister in that very small congregation, it seemed to her that I would have at least come up and introduced myself at some point, and I never did. I didn't even know her name, and she had been there for weeks. And she thought that I was mad at her about something. So we have to be careful. Now, sometimes there are some people, by the way, and let me hashtag this, there are some. There are some people that no matter what you do, they are going to be offended. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You can't do anything about that. <laughs> don't try to fix it. Just pray for them. Because sometimes you just can't. There's just nothing you can do. Amen? We're time here. All right, we're good. Got a few more minutes. Let's go to the next slide. You don't want, oh, I have to talk about this. I have to talk about this. You guys are laughing because you see, if you're listening on the the podcast, I've got this picture of of a, uh, this is a, 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 um, not a raccoon, Uh, this is a a, a squirrel trap. It's a squirrel trap. Now, I want to explain this because I thought that when I saw this, I thought to myself, man, this is really, this is really, um, really powerful. Let me just find it in my notes here. This is a really powerful thing to understand. Um, Come on, Lord, help me. I had to find this, but I should have done. Hallelujah. Here we go. Here we go. Now, uh, Luke chapter 17, actually, can you go back? Can you go back to the, uh, Luke chapter 17, as he says this to his disciples in verse one, he says, it is impossible that no offenses come. Uh, in the, in the uh, New King, uh, in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in the King James Version, that word offenses, it actually, not the King James Version, the ESV Version, that, that word offenses actually is called a stumbling block. A stumbling block. Either way you translate it, in the Greek, this is what the word is. The word in the Greek is scandalon. Scandalon. Uh, it's the word where we get scandal. Go to the next. Go to the next. Uh, go to the next. Um, this word it means offense, stumbling block, or an occasion to fall. In other words, when we are offended, the door is open to stumble. The door is open to stumble. The word "scandalon" is originally described. Uh, it originally described a, a small piece of wood that used to keep the door of an animal trap propped. Mm-hmm. You see, that's what offense does. It keeps. As soon as you get offended, as soon as the offense comes, if you if you start tripping over that offense, the enemy traps you. Into a, into a place where you cannot, you are no longer free to do what God has called you to do. And some people, that, that, that scripture in Luke chapter 17 is talking about other people bringing offense to his children. See, some people, they they try to offend you intentionally. It's a trap. Just like that. To get you caught to say, oh yeah, you said you're a Christian, but I have caught you getting. You're you're offended right now, aren't you? Go ahead, say what you really want to say. Mm-hmm. That word offense, and that that word scandalize, was literally used as a as a word that uh, that uh, as a word that meant to keep the a trap door open. It was a, it was a piece of wood that kept a trap door open, and that's what offense does. It is. It, it keeps the door open for you to be trapped by the enemy, and it takes you out of the field of of uh, of of participation in what God has called you to do. You see, we have all been called to positions in the kingdom of God, but you know what? You can be you can be called to a position, but you can be on the sidelines, not participating, trapped in a fence, if you're not careful. Come on. Hmm. Thank you. James chapter 4 verse 17 says this. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. James chapter 4 verse 17. If you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, it is sin. You see, it's not enough to see what needs to be done Or to know the right thing to do and think, oh, somebody else will do it. There was a commercial on television a while ago uh, put out by the Truth Project. And basically, they're on a street corner, it looked like in New York City. And someone dropped a piece of trash on the ground. And uh, they stood there. And they just watched this piece of trash on the ground. And all these people started passing by. And all these people were walking by this piece of trash. And they were just looking at this piece of trash on the ground. And one person, hundreds of people passed. One person sees this piece of trash on the ground, picks it up, and puts it in the trash can that was no longer no more than three feet away from, it, from, the, uh, from the piece of trash. You see, it's not enough to see the trash you have to do something it's not enough it's not enough to it's not enough to to see to see your brother in sin you have to restore your brother you know what the benefit of all this is i don't know i don't know if i use this verse yet or not but the benefit of all this is is the bible says that there is a process to restoring someone after they've been offended. I think I haven't gotten that mm-hmm. yet, so let me just go there. Next, next slide. Next slide. I hope, I hope. yes, I, I hope that we get through this because we really need to, um, and I'm excited about the next series that we're going to start next week. How do we overcome offense? Because we've talked about what offense is, we've talked about the spirit of life, but what if offense comes? Luke chapter 17, again, we are reading now verses 3 and 4, it says this. Pay attention to who? Pay attention to yourself. First and foremost, before you start blaming somebody else for for, for getting offended or for what somebody else said, pay attention to yourself first. And then it says this. If your brother sins, rebuke him. Now, some of us have this idea of rebuke that it's like, you go up to your brother and be like, yo, man, you were wrong, and, uh, and to beat him down. No, that is not what a rebuke is. A rebuke is to go and tell your brother that he did something wrong. But everything that we do, we do in love. Why? Because this king that we serve, he rules with love. God is love. I get, It says it a hundred times probably in the Bible. He is love. Everything that we do, we do in love. We don't beat people down. What does Romans chapter eight that we just read say? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't bring condemnation on people. If you see your brother, uh, your brother that your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, "I repent." You must forgive him. Now some of us have a really hard time with this. Come on. We have a really hard time with this. We would much rather we would much rather that person repent and then we parade their sin around to everybody else to see, yeah, look at this person did. I forgave him, but no, you didn't, you religious person you. No, you did not. If a person repents, you forgive them. I am so glad that God is not like men because we'd all be in some stuff if God was like men and forgave the way men forgive. <laughs> Pay attention if your brother sins against you, forgive him. If he does the same thing seven times in the same day, forgive your brother. There is a scripture that says if he does it 70 times seven if you do something 70 how much, how, how often does how does God forgive you hey, listen uh, the, one of the disciples asked Jesus well as it pertains to to, to forgiveness you know can your can you, can you can, will, will God forgive you seven times no he said 70 times seven and in the Greek what it's actually what it actually infers is that no matter how many times you sin God always forgives now, if we could just take that attribute of God and we could just forgive people, that would be an amazing thing. Come on. Amen. Let's go to the next one. I think we're almost done. Now, this is the one I was just talking about. Let's, 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 let's examine this, and I think we're going to be almost done after this. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 says this. If your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Everybody got this so far? Uh Take your brother in private and try to resolve it in private first. I have seen people in the church resolve something behind closed doors and then bring it out and publicly display somebody else's sin. And that is sin. Are you listening to me? That is wrong. This scripture, the scripture says, try and resolve this privately first. Don't parade your brother's uh, misgivings or sins around. And then he says this in verse 16, but if he does not listen, Uh you know what, I have to actually read my, my favorite part of this verse. Let me go back. He said, if he listens to you, You have gained your brother. You see, see, right? To me, that's the most powerful part of of this passage. Because the whole point of bringing your brother out of sin is to regain your brother. If you could just love your brother more than you love yourself. If you could just regard your brother more than you regard yourself, then you could regain your brother. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens, you have gained your brother back. And you know what? I want my brother back. I want him to be restored. But than that, I want him to be, I want him back. If we really care about relationships, it could all stop right here. Verse 16 goes on to give us more explanation, but if he does not listen, take one or two brothers along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, and if you get to that point where you have to take it to two or three, most likely he's not going to listen if he's gotten to that point. If you have enough of a relationship, it should be resolved in private. That's what I have found. If it goes past that, it usually goes all the way to uh, to the, to uh, and, and we'll talk about that in a second. But bring it to two or three, establish the evidence in two or three, in, in and in 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 the side of two or three witnesses. Now, this is done for a couple of reasons. Number one, your brother needs to know that he did something wrong, and he needs more than just you telling him that that was the case. The, the other thing is, you need accountability. Because sometimes we call things sin that are not sin.
1: There it is.
0: I would drop this mic right now, but it costs like $800. I'm not doing it. <laughs> we religious people have a habit of calling things sin that are not sin. You know, when I was growing up, I thought that having fun was sin. And I thought to myself, man, I just, if I have fun, I'm going, I'm, I must be doing something wrong. And I grew up in a a charismatic church. And we used to tell everybody, oh, well, you know, everybody else is religious, but we're not. (laughs) Anyway. Verse 17. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to even listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. In other words, let him be separated from you uh, from the church. Now, let me just say this about if he refuses to tell it to the church. What he is saying here is not to bring it. Listen, you will never find that I bring an issue like this if it gets to this level to everybody in the congregation and say, well, what do you think? Because. Not everybody is mature enough to judge this matter. What he's saying is bring it to the church, but really that's the leadership and the elders of the church. That is not the whole church. We are not parading somebody around to, to, to say, oh, look, this! look at what this person did. We are not doing that. We are not doing that. It will, go, it will go to the leaders and the elders of the church because they know how to deal with these matters. They know how to, they are mature enough to deal with it. Okay? Amen. But number one thing is we get our brother back. Let's go to the next slide. Let me give you a hashtag here, and I I talked about this a a little bit, but I want you to understand this. There are two facts that I want you to understand. The first fact is this, and this is an unfortunate fact. Sometimes differences are irreconcilable because someone refuses to forgive or repent. And we can't do anything about people that refuse to forgive, and we can't do anything about people that refuse to repent. You just can't. You can't make somebody forgive. And in the body of Christ, we want to, we always want to to make things resolve themselves. But we have no power over people's wills. Thank God for that, by the way. We cannot make, I can't make you forgive someone. And so sometimes there are differences that are irreconcilable. But let me give you fact number two. Number two, that person does not have to be you. If you, are on the, if you are offended, then you need to choose to forgive, even if the other person doesn't choose to repent. And if you are the one who, who caused an offense, then you need to ask for forgiveness and repent, even if it's your fault. Even if the other person says, I'm never going to forgive you for this, you need to be the person that is repentant if you cause an offense. Off. But sometimes we run into situations because we're dealing with human beings, people that are bitter. Remember at the beginning of this series, I talked about the root of bitterness. And when that when that When that root of, when, see, offense comes as a seed, and when it takes root, it develops bitterness, which develops a fruit called resentment. And when people resent you, they will not forgive until they have taken care of that resentment. And so when they get to that point, some people just won't forgive or they won't repent. And if that's the case, you make sure that your heart is right. Come Come on. Make sure that your heart is right, first and foremost. Forgive. Repent. You be the one. Don't be the one that won't forgive or won't repent. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Next slide. I should be winding down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to give you some, some tips here. I'm going to go really fast through these because we're, we're, I'm, I'm about out of time. Really fast. Number one, I want to tell you to prepare for offense before it comes. We're talking about how to overcome offense. Number one, prepare for the offense before it comes. We'll read this out of the Amplified, the Amplified Bible. They have different versions of the Amplified Bible now, so this is the Amplified, the means classic, the classic version of the Amplified Bible. It says this, Therefore, I always exercise and d- discipline myself, mortifying my body, deadening my carnal affections, bodily appetites, and worldly desires, endeavoring in all respects... To have a clear, unshaken, blameless conscience, void of offense toward God and toward men. In other words, become unoffendable. That's life in the spirit right there. Prepare, but listen, prepare for the offense before it comes. Decide that no matter what people say that you are not going to be offended. You can only do that by the Spirit. You can only, it can only be done by the Spirit. It can only be done by digging into the Word and maturing and being a mature Christian and maturing. You will struggle with it until you do it the right way. He said, thank you. Thank you. That was good. Number two, live in a way that you are producing spiritual fruit. You see, if you're producing spiritual fruit, fruit, right? If you're producing good spiritual fruit, you will not offend people. It's it's impossible to offend. Well, not impossible, because some people are offended no matter what, right? But it's impossible for you to be in the offensive position when you are developing spiritual fruit. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 10 says this, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Always try to to please the Lord. Always try to please the Lord. Always when you are doing things, when you are saying things, say it as if God is standing there right beside you, listening to your conversation, and you want to be pleasing to him. And if you do that, no matter how offended another person gets, you will never find yourself in the wrong. Live in a way that you are producing spiritual fruit. Next, last slide, or second, to last slide. Be, number three, be a peacemaker. Whew. Be a peacemaker. James chapter three, verses 17 through 18. But the wisdom, uh, the, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial and sincere. And the harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Be a peacemaker. If you are, listen, if you are thinking in your mind something to, to, to stir something up or to cause offense, you are, not, you are not listening to wisdom from above. You are listening from to wisdom from below. And, and listen, that wisdom from below, you need to just put your foot on that bad boy. That is his position, under your feet. That is not wisdom from above. If you want, wisdom from above is first of all pure. If you find that when somebody does something, the first thing that comes to your mind is, oh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen, you are not thinking pure. Because the Bible also says to the pure, all things are pure. So the first thing that I think about anybody is is not something that's terrible. I don't think something terrible about you just because something terrible happened. The first thing I think, I don't think just because you said something that was offensive, the first thing I think to myself is, you know what, they're, they're, they're just having a bad day. Or maybe maybe that was just a mind fart. <laughs> a brain fart. <laughs> right? I don't blame it on your heart because when you start blaming people's hearts for things, you act like, number one, you know their heart and you don't. But to, but to the pure, all things are pure. So if you make a mistake, I will, I will blame that on a mistake of the head. Does a mistake need to be rectified? Yes, it does. But I am not going to hold an offense against you. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you made a mistake of the head. We all make mistakes of the head. I make mistakes of the head. All the time. I'm far from perfect. Thank you. Last slide. And the most important, live a life in the Word of God. In the Word. In the Word. Psalm chapter 119, verse 165, in the Amplified uh, Classic Version, says this, Great peace have they who love your law. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. Great peace have they who love your law. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. Fall in love with the Word. Make sure that that word is like, is like, it's like your book on how to live life. Don't look at it like a like a textbook. Look at it as your life book. Like this is how I'm going to get. This is your instruction manual for how you're going to live your life. And if you live that way, great peace you will have because you love His Word, and nothing can offend you or make you stumble. What an amazing promise. Amen. What an amazing promise. Tonight, just like every, just like the uh, two weeks ago, I, 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 I look at this subject and I think to myself, where do we miss it, God? Where do we miss it that we are so easily offended? Mm-hmm. And I think it, it comes down to this that we have to understand that we are not citizens here. That the world has many opinions. The Bible says that there are many voices in the world and all of them think that they're significant. All of them think that they have, uh, uh, that they're the, the voice that you should be listening to, listening to. None of them are mute. And so tonight I'm going to encourage you to turn down the noise. Amen. There's a lot of noise in the world right now. You go to work, they're talking about it. You go, You go to school, they're talking about it. You go to the grocery store, they're talking about it. You go to the gas station, you go to the library, everywhere you go, they are talking about it. And the reality is that it's just noise. It's noise. And most of every, most everything that I have read or seen, none of it lines up with the Word of God. Uh-huh. I, want a, I want a word for my life. And so tonight, I wonder if we could just make a decision, if we could just make a decision to live according to the word and stop listening to the voices that seem significant in in this world right now. I don't want to get mixed up in that stuff because I am the only hope for those that are mixed up in it right now. If I'm the only hope for the people that that are living that way right now, what happens if I get mixed up in it? There's no life preserver. There's, there's nothing to preserve the earth. We are salt and light. We are the preservative and the power that this earth it is, and that is the reason that this earth has not folded up on itself already. Amen. Serious. The earth was not made to take the weight of sin. And the only reason that it has not completely folded up on itself is just because we are still here. We are preservative here. And listen, we are a preser- listen. There are people that are around you every single day. That if you can see what God sees, that they are in bondage, and they need a word from the Lord. Can we live in such a way as to turn down the noise, to hear from God, and to say what He tells us to say? You see, that makes you not responsible for it anymore. If you if if you just say what God tells you to say, you're no longer responsible for the words that come out of your mouth. He's responsible. And you will be just like Jonathan who swung that shield and and killed killed like a hundred men at the same time. You see, when you speak a word from the Lord, the the, the word from the Lord will do a whole lot more than your word. An anointed word will do a whole lot more than your your word. You might be wise and your word might bend the yoke. But the Bible tells me that it's only the anointing that destroys it. It's not about what you say. Because what you say may be correct. It's about what's on what you say. Mm -hmm. I want some people that 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 just want to live this life to be salt and light, to forgive, and to build a kingdom. Are there any people in here like that tonight? Mm -hmm. That's all I want to know. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity that you give us through your word to continue to grow and to learn day by day how to live the life that you have designed for us to live. And tonight, Father, we are challenged again. We are challenged with your word. We are challenged to live a life that we cannot be offended. No matter what people say, no matter what our friends Supposed friends say, no matter what our family says to come against us, God, you have called us to live a life where we are always walking by your spirit and not offendable. So God, my prayer tonight for every person in this room, for every person watching online right now, Father. My prayer tonight, God, is that you would would stir up on the inside of us. Holy Spirit, we give you permission tonight. Stir up on the inside of us everything that we need to live this life. Stir up on the inside of us a hunger for more of you so that we can live this life that we are bearing fruit that looks like you, God. So that, Father, we can live and that we can love people the way you love people. That we can serve people the way you serve people. And, Father, that we might see more come into your kingdom in this day than we ever have before. That's our prayer tonight, God. Help us to live this life. Holy Spirit, the word says, the word tells us that you are our helper. That you will teach us all things. So we give you permission tonight to teach us. Change our days. Interrupt us. I give you permission to do that with me. Interrupt me. Show me where I've been wrong. Show me how to say things that are not going to offend people. And help me to be salt and light. Help me to attract people out of the darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the grip of the enemy, and into the kingdom of light. I want to be the one that you use, God. If you can use anything, if you can use anything, God, if you can use anything, God, I pray that you use me. God, I pray that you use every person in this room. I pray that you use us tonight. We thank you for, your, for a revelation of this subject matter in your word. We thank you for what you said about it, God, and we want to live that life. Thank you for helping us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your help. And Father, for those people that we have not forgiven, for those places in our lives that we have stayed offended, that we have stayed stuck. We ask you to bring those things to our remembrance now so that we can deal with them. We want to deal with those offenses, God, and live the life that you have designed for us to live. Help us, God. Bring to our remembrance those things that we need to deal with. And Father, if we're the ones that need to repent, Give us the boldness to just go and ask for forgiveness. Give us the boldness to do it, God. That is an intimidating phone call. That is, a, a, that is an intimidating knock at the door. That is an intimidating conversation, God. But our God, I ask that if we are the ones that have caused, that have caused offense, God, that you would, that we would not be a stumbling block, God, but that you would give us the boldness to go and make it right. We thank you for that, God. Thank you for that boldness. And we thank you for putting the words in our mouth to do what you have called us to do tonight. I thank you for every family here at Impact Church, every person in this room, every person not here in this room, God. I thank you for impacting them with your spirit now, even as we pray. Bring us back to a place where we are stirred up and always hungry for you. Help us to know you and to make you known in the way that you have called us to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right. Well, that's it.
1: We got done. Um,